0: Welcome to Storytime with Kurt. In each episode, I'd like you to sit back, relax, and just chill out while I read Tom Swift and his motorcycle by Victor Appleton. On our last episode, Tom had uh, found a person whose uh, mule-drawn wagon had gone out of control and had crashed, and we're picking up at that point. Oh, before I get started, I mentioned this on the last episode. I'm going to mention it now. Um, there is a lot of language of the time that this was written that I originally was going to just read as it's written. And it is considered so racist now. I can't do that. I can't. So I am going to adapt it. I'm going to read it. In the least offensive way possible, and I understand if that's not your thing. That's cool. I get it. I can't. I can't read it the way it's written. I can't. Uh, it 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 doesn't feel right to me. And frankly, if I was reading this to my kids, I probably would adapt it as well. So we'll pick this up um, at this point. And I, I am I'm adapting a lot of the language and stuff as on the fly. I've not pre-read this, so bear with me. Chapter 8. Suspicious Actions Are you hurt? asked Tom as he leaned his motorcycle against the fence and stood by the man. Hurt? repeated the man. I'm killed, that's what I am. I ain't got a whole bone in my body. Good lord, I'm suddenly in an awful state. Would you mind telling me if my mule is still alive? Of course he is, answered Tom. He isn't hurt a bit. But why can't you turn around and look for yourself? Oh, no sir. I can't. "'I can't look around at all,' replied the man. "'Well, why not?' "'Why not? I'm so stiff and nearly broke that if I turn my head around, "'it'll surely twist off my body. Nope, I'm not going to turn around. "'But are you sure my mule is okay?' "'Yeah, he's not hurt a bit, and I'm sure you're not. "'I didn't strike you hard, for I'd almost stop my machine. "'Try to get up. I'm positive you'll find yourself all right. "'Sorry it happened.' "'Oh, that's all right. Don't mind me,' went on the man.' It was my fault for getting in the road. But that mule boomerang, suddenly the most out, outrageous quadruped that ever circumlocuted. Whoa, circumlocuted. Okay. I, boy, that's... I, I don't know anybody who's ever said those words. Circumlocuted. Okay, back to the story. Why do you call him boomerang? Asked Tom, wondering if the man was really hurt. Why do I call him boomerang? do you ever see the Australian men with the In the circus with the crooked sticks they call boomerangs? Well, yeah, I've seen them. Well, Boomerang, my mule, he's just like that. He's crooked to begin with. And another thing, you can't ever tell when you start him up which way he's going to land up. That's why I call him Boomerang. I see. It's a very proper name. But why don't you try to get up? Uh, You think I can? Sure, try it. By the way, what's your name? My name? Why, I was christened... Eradicate Andrew Jackson Abraham Lincoln Sampson, but most folks generally call me Eradicate Sampson, and some don't even go to that length; they just call me Rad for short. Eradicate, mused Tom, that's an odd name. Why were you called that? Well, you see, I eradicate the dirt. I'm a cleaner and a whitewasher by profession, and somebody gave me that name. They said it was fitting and proper, so I kept kept it ever since. Yep, I'm Eradicate Samson, at your service. If you got any chicken coops you want cleaned out, or any stables or fences you want whitewashed, I guarantee satisfaction. Well, I might find some work for you to do, replied the young inventor, thinking this would be as good a means as any is placating him. But, come on now, let's try to see if you can't stand. I don't believe I broke any of your legs. That's, that's kind of an odd turn of a phrase. Any of your legs? Like, one of the three that he might have? i Who knows? Well, I guess not. I I feel better now. So, where's that work you were speaking of? And Eradicate Samson, now that they seemed to be a prospect of earning money, rose quickly and easily. See, I told you, you're all right, exclaimed Tom, glad to find the accident had no serious consequences. Yep, I guess I am. So, where'd you say you had some whitewashing to do? Well, no place in particular, but there's always something needs doing in our house. If you call, I'll give you a job. Oh, I'll be sure to call, and Eradicate walked back to where Boomerang was patiently waiting. Tom told the man how to find the Swift home, and was debating with himself whether he ought not to offer Eradicate some money as compensation for knocking him into the air, when he noticed that he was tying one wheel of his wagon fast to the body of the vehicle with a rope. What are you doing that for? asked Tom. Got to, to get downhill with this load of fence posts. If I didn't, it'd be right on the heels of Boomerang, and whenever he feels anything on his heels... He acts like a circus mule. Well, why don't you use your brake? I see you have one on the wagon. Use the brake to hold back going downhill. Excuse me, Mr. Swift, but you don't know that brake. It doesn't work at all. Nope, I gotta rope the wheel. Tom was interested at once. He made an examination of the brake and soon saw why it wouldn't hold the wheel. The foot lever was not properly connected by the brake bar. It was a simple matter to adjust it by changing a single bolt. And Tom did this with the tools he took from the bag on his motorcycle. The man looked on in open-mouthed amazement, and even Boomerang peered lazily around, as if taking an interest in the proceedings. "'There,' said Tom at length, as he tightened the nut. "'That brake will hold now, and hold any wagon on any hill. "'You won't need the rope to wheel. "'You didn't have the right leverage on it.' "'Excuse me, Mr. Swift.' "'What?' And Eradicate leaned forward to listen deferentially. I said you didn't have the right leverage. No, Mr. Swift, uh, excuse me, but you made a slight mistake. I've never had any leverage on this wagon. It ain't that kind of wagon. I once drove a livery rig, but that was some time ago. I haven't worked for the livery stable in some time now. That's why I know there ain't no livery on this wagon. So you'll excuse me, but I'm sure that you're slightly mistaken. (laughs) All right, said Tom. Uh, not thinking it was worthwhile to explain what he meant by the lever force of the brake rod. Let it go at that. Livery or no livery, your brake will work now. I guess you're all right. Now don't forget to come around and do some whitewashing. And seeing that the man was about to mount the seat and start off Boomerang, who seemed to have deep-rooted objections about moving, Tom wheeled his motorcycle back to the road, Eradicate Samson, drove his wagon a short distance, and then suddenly apply- applied the brake. It stopped short. And the mule looked around as if surprised. It works, Mister Swift. Called the man to Tom, who was waiting, who was waiting on the results of his little repair job. It absolutely works. Oh, well, I'm glad of it. Man, you are a conjuring man when it comes to fixing wagons. do you ever work for a blacksmith? No, not exactly. Well, goodbye, Eradicate. I'll look for you some day next week. And with that, Tom leaped on his machine and speeded off ahead of the man in his rig. As he passed the load of fence posts, the youth heard Eradicate remark in awe-stricken tones. Oh my gosh, you're going like the wind. And to think that I was almost hit by that monstrous machine and not hurt. Ugh, things are suddenly happening. Here we go, Boomerang. This machine has more possibilities in it than I suspected, mused Tom. But one thing I've got to change, and that is the gasoline and spark controls. I don't like them the way they are. I want a better leverage, just as eradicate needed on his wagon. I'll fix them, too, when I get home. He rode for several hours until he thought it was about dinner time, and then heading the machine towards home, he put on all the speed possible, soon arriving where his father was at work in the shop. Well, how goes it? asked Mr. Swift with a smile as he looked at the flushed face of his son. Fine, Dad. I scooted along in great shape. Had an adventure, too. You didn't meet any more of those men, did you? "'The men who are trying to get my invention?' asked Mr. Swift apprehensively. "'No, indeed, Dad. I simply had a little run-in with a chap named Eradicate Andrew Jackson Abraham Lincoln Sampson, otherwise known as Rad Sampson, and I engaged him to do some whitewashing for us. "'We do need some whitewashing done, don't we, Dad?' "'What's that?' asked Mr. Swift, thinking his son was joking. "'Then Tom told of the happening. "'Yes, I think I can find some work for Eradicate to do,' went on Mr. Swift.' There is some dirt in the boiler shop that needs eradicating, and I think he can do it, but dinner's been waiting some time now. We'll go in now, or Mrs. Baggert will be out after us. Father and son were soon at the table, and Tom was explaining what he meant to do to improve his motorcycle. His father offered some suggestions regarding the placing of the gasoline lever. I'd put it here, he said, and with his pencil, he began to draw a diagram on the white tablecloth. Oh my goodness, Mr. Swift, exclaimed Mrs. Baggert. "'Whatever are you doing?' And she sprang up in some alarm. "'What's the matter? Did I upset my tea?' asked the inventor innocently. "'No, but you're soiling a clean tablecloth. "'Pencil marks are so hard to get out. "'Take a piece of paper, please.' "'Oh, (laughs) is that all?' rejoined Mr. Swift with a smile. "'Well, Tom, here's the way I would do that.' And substituting the back of an envelope for the tablecloth, he continued the drawing. Tom was looking over his father's shoulder interestedly, when Mrs. Baggert, who was taking off some of the dinner dishes, suddenly asked, "'Are you expecting a visitor, Mr. Swift?' "'A visitor? No. Why?' asked the inventor quickly. "'Because I just saw a man going into the machine shop,' went on the housekeeper. "'A man? In the machine shop?' exclaimed Tom, rising from his chair. Mr. Swift also got up, and the two hurried from the house. As they reached the yard, they saw a man emerging from the building where Mr. Swift was constructing his turbine motor.' "'The man had his back turned toward them "'and seemed to be sneaking around "'as though desirous of escaping observation. "'What do you want?' called Mr. Swift. "'The man turned quickly. "'At the sight of Mr. Swift and Tom, "'he made a jump to one side "'and got behind a big packing box. "'That's odd,' spoke Tom. "'I wonder what he wants.' "'I'll soon see,' rejoined Mr. Swift, "'and he started on a run "'towards where the man was hiding. "'Tom followed his father,' and as the two inventors reached the box, the man sprang from behind it and down the yard to a lane that passed in back of the Swift's house. As he ran, he was seen to stuff some papers in his pocket. "'My plans! He's stolen some of my plans!' cried Mr. Swift. "'Catch him, Tom!' Tom ran after the stranger, whose curious actions had roused their suspicions, while Mr. Swift entered the motor shop to ascertain whether anything had been stolen. End of chapter 8 Thank you for joining us for this episode of Storytime with Kurt. You can subscribe to the podcast by going to anchor.fm slash storytime with Kurt. If you want to stay up to date with all recordings moving forward, you can catch the live recording each Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday evening over at twitch.tv slash Kurtstable. That's K U R T S T A B L E. Or follow me on Twitter at V O by Kurt. If you have suggestions for future books, you can go ahead and send me an email at kurt at storytimewithkurt.com. See you next time.